वेलकम टू ट्रैवल विथ केतन विथ मी केतन जोशी बाइकर बैक पैकर एंड ट्रैवल राइटर एज यू नो आई एम द ऑथर ऑफ द थ्री मैन मोटरसाइकिल सीरीज वेर थ्री क्रेजी गाइज मी बेलजा एंड आदि द थ्री एमिगोज वी राइड टू वेरियस पार्ट ऑफ इंडिया ऑन ऑफ रॉयल इनफील्ड मोटर बाइक्स टूडे वे आर डूइंग अ रीडिंग फ्रॉम माई सेकेंड बुक थ्री मैन राइड अगेन द एमिगोज राइड टू स्पीति Till now on this ride we have reached we have we have been along the Satluj Valley we have crossed and gone to the Baspa Valley we have staying in the village of Sangla and today we'll be doing the most exciting part Sangla Utkalpa right again talk 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 uh, talk 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 uh, I rolled over and tried to snatch back the blanket of sleep. उठा 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 रे, 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 क्रो इन द विंडोस इन ग्लेरिंग एट अस डेलिंग I can't see. I'll scream from his bed. I have gone blind. What has happened to me? I knew I should listen to the preacher school. I think causes uh, blindness and teeth and hair to fall out. Shut up. Yes, ma'am. Your hair has fallen over your eyes. Ha! I just pushed his shaggy locks aside and blinked. I can see. I can see. Oh, the world is so beautiful. Shut up. Yes, ma'am. Wake up and get moving. Go to Raksham. Go to Chitkul. Get out of the room. Ka ka. And the crow flapped off, giving us the last baleful look. <laughs> We got ready and enjoyed a cup of tea on the balcony of the hotel. You know you are really late on a ride when the hotel staff has actually woken up and the kitchen has started and they can give you a cuppa. Ideally, you should be out at first light before the hotel staff has woken up so that you can really enjoy the early morning freshness of the ride. From the balcony, we saw a village procession arrive. A bunch of villagers were out. Some guys banging on drums, some blowing horns, some making assorted noises, pat pat, poo poo, dong dong. And in the middle of the group, some guys were carrying up. Palkiri or Palki, as we call it, on their shoulders, and they are all dressed in their best clothes. It was looking very festive indeed. Hey, what's going on, bro? I asked the hotel guy, and he told me that it was the occasion of the annual outing of the gods of the village temple. They would place the gods in a palkin and carry it around the village so that everyone can see them. And sometimes they carry it all the way to the next village, to the village of the temple in the next village for a few days. Hey, yeah, I, 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 I nodded. This is a pretty common thing, and I always thought of it as a pleasant picnic for the gods. It would be doing good for them to get out of that stuffy temple once a year. We suited up and got on the bikes, and as usual, revelled in the joy of the first kick in the morning. This was better than coffee. By the power of Grayskull, I shouted. Oh fuck off! There's that side and groomed off. Some people have no sense of the romantic. I thought sadly, and I roomed off after it. Sangla Valley is the most beautiful place that you could ever see. 
it's green and verdant and surrounded by imposing mountains and you are following that baspa river all through the journey it was simply wonderful the baspa is still small and immature and almost childish in nature it's not like the giant motherly rivers of the plains like the ganga and the yamuna which flow placidly in their banks neither is it dangerous and scary like the wild mountain rivers which look like a running witch with white hair streaming behind which will kill you without a second thought if you fall into it this river is like a small happy child burbling and gurgling with the joy of living it flows down the gentle slope of the valley and dances over the rounded stones in its bed it sprays water playfully as it goes over boulders and you can see small fishes and insects playing in its lap the water is so clear that it just invites you to sit on a rock by the riverside and dip your feet into it and like a naughty child it splashes you with water when you are not looking and run away laughing the whole stretch from sanglai to chitkul is just like this a little bit of paradise you cross the villages of batseri and rocham before you come to chitkul and strangely and interestingly the best part is that there is nothing to see no spots no sites no points no temples no forts nothing all you can see is the beauty of nature not the cold forbidding intimidating kind of nature that you will find in the brown himalayas like ladakh but the green welcoming nature of the dawladars and the shivaliks there are pine covered mountains on both sides of the road the beautiful running river is running right by you and the road is something i don't know picture poster it's fantastic i understood now why bharti had come to wake us up early this morning the distance from sanglai to chitkul was nothing it was minuscule but it was so beautiful that we kept stopping at various places and dismounting just to soak in the beauty of the road finally we made it to chitkul the last indian village before the tibetan border the metal road ended after that and after that there are only walking paths you could go on a trek to kinar kailash or trek back to sangla or there are like n number of treks out there you can trek wherever you want obviously with this guys around the <laughs> option the road actually ended at a village settlement on the river side and the way to go there was to ride down on steep slope like this Del, uh, so me and Adi lost our nerve completely and came to a, uh, came to a complete halt. But Delza's eyes were shining with joy. Aha! What a lovely slope! Come, let's zoom now! It. This, from a guy whose leg was broken just six months back, he is still limping. I shook my head firmly. No, 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 no. It would start with me on top of the bike, and it ended with the bike on top of me. Ah, come on, it's just a slope. Delzar exhorted me. Nope. No guts. Nope. Are you a man or a mouse? Squeak. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> Delzar had to take all three bikes down. He went down, zoom on his bike, and then walked back. <laughs> Took my bike down, zoom. And he started walking back. Ha, 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 ha. Wheeze, groan, gasp, 
and he saw that Adi had mustered up the courage and bringing it down himself. He had no guts of coming down zoom like Dell, but was gradually coming down like an inchworm. Occasionally, he let go of the brake and the brake would move forward like an inchworm on steroid. <laughs> and then Adi would squeal in terror and stamp on the brake and the bike would fishtail wide. <laughs> Delzab was very pissed. Bastard! Why? Did you make me climb so much? If you're going to come down yourself? He growled, clutching at his ample sides. Save me! Delzab! Save me! And he was screaming, I'm falling! I'm falling! Finally, we all got all of us down safely. When we parked by the riverside, we chilled by the side of the river for some time, soaking in that beauty. It was magical. Magical, I tell you. It would have been lovely to go on a little trek. But getting these two guys to walk, these two guys to walk, is like herding chickens. By the way, come here, let's go for a trek. Come, I'll be good for them. The other one flaps away. Once you call the other one, come here, let's walk. No, 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 let's walk. No, 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 let's take the bike. No, 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 let's walk. You'll find the first one has escaped and is clucking happily on top of a tree. And anyway, it is not a practical idea to trek with all this biking gear. So I dropped the idea and just chilled once by the river. Finally, we went to a little hotel and had some tea. It had a long, big, very impressive menu. You know, all kinds of stuff from chicken tandoori to chicken manchurian to, you know, the works. I look at it, yum, yum, And the, but the owner saw me looking and told me no use looking at that menu. Because all he had was Maggie. You could have Maggie? Ah, you could have Maggie. I had been flirting with the idea of staying there overnight. But they decided me. I hate Maggie. Delda and Adi and Delda love it. So it was better to leave before they found out. And anyway, it was too early in the day to wind up the ride. So we reluctantly suited up and bid goodbye to Chitkul. It was a real wrench to leave the place. Must come back here and stay for a while, do some trekking, write a book, paint. <coughs> Must remember to bring some booze though. Too much of duty and <laughs> might fall after some time. We retraced our journey back to Sangla and I was trying to go as slow as possible and soak in the beauty of that Baspa Valley. The real tribute to that place was that your Mr. Perpetual Motion was riding slowly and enjoying that place. We left Sangla Valley and again crossed the Karcham Bridge onto the National Highway and again shuddered at the side of that Baspa Valley dam. What a environmental vandalism in that Karcham Wangtu project. What eyesores. Especially after seeing the beauty of the Baspa, the sight of the dam was especially horrible. But that is the problem with all newly built stuff. Hopefully nature will heal the scars in due course of time and trees and bushes will grow again. And soon the river will fill that reservoir, overflow the dam and it will go back to being a normal river. And it will invigorate the downstream riverbed. We are back on the highway now. Once it was called the Hindustan Tibet Road. I told you earlier, you might remember. And that too has a fascinating history. This part 
you is part of the silk road since ancient history the route for travel and trade across the mountains that you know the silk road right the two great ancient civilizations of europe and china were separated by the whole lot of nothingness the and, and a lot of mountain desert there was you know himalaya hindu kush karakoram etc etc and goods had to be carried across this path basically on foot so by camel men mules whatever apart from that there was also trade between tibet and india because tibet had a lot of ores and mines and stuff and india had obviously everything right uh, clothes cloth khana peena masalas the works and which also happened on this road this hindustan tibet road and it was an extremely difficult road navigable only on foot and by pack animals like mules and traders brave enough to do it used to make a pretty penny but by the 18th century things began to change the british had got a very strong foothold in india after the battle of plassey in 1757 when they conquered the bengal mainland and even more so after the battle of baksar uh, the following year where they defeated the mughal empire and got a formal farman license to rule the bengal and collect tribute so they went from being traders to being tribute collectors so in effect land owners the mughal empire was dying and the maratha empire which which would have been its logical successor got a big blow almost a death blow after their loss in the third battle of panipat in 1761 where they got their asses kicked by afghan raiders it is very complicated so the point being they lost the third battle of panipat so see the timeline 1757 Plassey, 1758, Baksar, 1761, Panipat, and uh, after that, uh, the British uh, started expanding, expanding, expanding. They started fighting the Marathas. They had the Anglo-Maratha wars. Uh, then Marathas had one crisis, secession, and there was a bunch of Anglo-Maratha wars, and the Marathas lost the last Anglo-Maratha war in 1818. Uh, in this part of the world where we are right now it used to be dominated by the sikh empire of ranjit singh so after the battle of panipat what happened was that the afghans retreated with almost an equally bloody nose they might have you know technically won the battle but they retreated with almost an equally bloody nose then abdali died durrani died in due course of time and the in that power vacuum what came up was the empire of ranjit singh the sikh empire of ranjit singh based on lahore and he controlled a very big stretch of territory in north india unfortunately ranjit singh had no able successors and after he died within 10 years within 10 years of ranjit singh dying the sikh empire was no more it came so basically there were like two anglo sikh wars in the 1840s and the sikh empire was completely destroyed and the british were formally in control of the whole of india they defeated mughal they defeated marathas they defeated the sikhs so mm, within a 100 years 1757 to 1840s the british were in charge of whole of india for the first time since since the longest time there one guy in charge of the whole thing and the british were now extremely concerned about the territorial expansion of the russian empire so if you see the map you can see that the russians had had increased their empire from uh, again within within 50 to 100 years 
from just Russia they had taken over the East, the various Khanates that comprised the, the East and they were within a stone's throw of the British borders. And it required no great imagination to see that Russia might want to attack the greatest jewel of the British Empire by crossing the mountains. Russia was a bit late in the empire building game. So it had been started by Spain when they bankrolled Columbus. And Spain, as you know, controlled uh, a lot of the Americas and a lot of the Far East. Then Portugal, then, then France and Britain got into the game and Germany and Russia are two guys who never really got rolling in that empire building game. All they had was Alaska in the Americas. And the Tsar wanted to make up for lost time and make the Russian Empire as big as the British. Uh, as, as big as the British, French and Spanish ones. Even tiny Portugal had huge colonies and Russia felt very left out. The simplest way would be to just take a bit from someone else's plate and it seemed to the British that India would be very tempting to Russia. This resulted in the first actual Cold War between Russia and the West, referred to by many as the Great Game. And they were very concerned about safeguarding the mountain frontiers of the Indian possessions. Therefore, they were keen to have control over Afghanistan to be a buffer against Russia. And this led to the Anglo-Afghan Wars in the 1840s, the effects of which are still being felt today. The Soviet-Afghan War, then the Taliban takeover of Afghanistan, the 9-11 attacks and then the US-Afghan War are all a direct descendant of the first Anglo-Afghan Wars. Similarly, the British were quite concerned about Tibet and China as well. We think of Tibet now as a quiet and peaceful Buddhist meditation monks chanting Om Mani Padme Hum kind of place. But at that time, it was a significant military power which used to go to battle with all its various neighbours, China, India, Bactrian Hill Kingdoms, Khanates, everybody. And they used to have bloody wars and spill a lot of blood. Tibet obviously had a very huge border with India and the British didn't want any funny stuff from Tibet or Tibet closing up to Russia. <coughs> Simla, as I mentioned earlier, was the summer capital of the British government. And Lord Dalhousie saw how close it was to the Tibetan border. There is frequent trade between the princely state of Rampur Busher and Tibet via the Shipki La Pass. And this comprised of small but high value goods such as precious stones, musk, high quality wool, dry fruits, borax, etc. And Dalhousie wanted in on his game as well. So he ordered the construction of a nice big road in place of the shitty little mule track of the time. This would make trade easier, make military intervention easier and also open up the mountain area so that he will be able to keep tabs on the pusky ruskies. Pusky ruskies, isn't that cool? So, the military commander of that time, Sir Charles Napier, must have had a nasty shock when he got the order. But he got straight to work by giving the work to someone else. He coolly took the lines from the various kings and princes who owned them. Patiala state, Bagar state, Kautal state, etc. and told them that they had a great honour. They would be making the road for the British Empire at their own expense. Isn't that wonderful? But when the road got to the mountains, it required the expertise of the army engineers to build the roads. Dalhousie threw all the resources of the East India Company at it. And you should see the roads they have built. 
at some places there was no room for a road there was just a narrow lip you know the mule path was a narrow lip of a road across a steep mountain side you'll be like ooh, ooh, ooh. and it was like what do you do now how do how do you expand this road there is no mountain right so what to do so they pioneered a whole new technique it was called half tunneling when they used dynamite to blast a road into the side of the mountain hats off to those guys when they decided to build something they really went all out a lot of gorkha soldiers lost their lives while building this road and i'm sure that dialogue must have felt bad about it for a second or so and then he must have taken another sip of whiskey and soda and shouted koi hai and kicked this servant in the face it took almost 40 years for this road to be made and the whole other region must have changed beyond all recognition after that road was built even now it is quite a formidable road and before that road the road would have been unreachable except by the most intrepid the whole region must have been utterly cut off and isolated and now it is open to the world the road this road this hindustan tibet road or nh22 or nh5 even now is a lifeline for that entire kinnor and spiti region but strangely it was rarely used for the purpose it was actually built to facilitate trade with tibet the british attacked tibet in 1904 a very long and complicated story when colonel francis young husband invaded tibet via sikkim a very long way off and kicked ass all the way to lhasa and fucked up the then dalai lama shit and tibet went into deep freeze they were so scared that they banned all foreigners from entering and you know throttled all the trade and after the british empire wound up in 1947 china as in mao mao's china promptly seized the opportunity and invaded tibet and took it over in 1951 and promptly brought down the bamboo curtain over the tibet border with thud since then china has been breathing down on everybody's neck and no land traffic is happening with tibet anyway tibet is basically screwed the indian government apparently opened up the road for trading with tibet in 2004 after <laughs> 1951 or 1961 even worse that was the indo china war and apparently there was easing relations with china and apparently a lot of indian traders did go to tibet for trading across the shitkila but i'm sure it shut again now there is nothing happening we proceeded along this road enjoying the amazing topography and views and the sight of the satluj river below and soon we were at rikongpyo the capital of the region kalpa is a sister city to rikongpyo so rikong is right on the road and kalpa is high up on the mountain we went up to kalpa and we found a nice hotel it was cheap and it was comfortable no the views were comfortable how can the views be comfortable the views are nice and it had a parking lot and a nice view what more can one ask for we stripped off we took off our riding gear i mean forwards and we relaxed with a chai and later went to explore the town of kalpa there was an ancient temple there but it was empty the gods were gone gone where are they gone Oh, they have just been taken to another village temple for for some time. The local explained. We do this every year. Oh yeah, the picnic of the gods. We all need a summer holiday. Right, that's it for this chapter. 
check out my website www.kpiljoshi.net for all the photos and write-ups on this book. Check out this book and all my other books on Amazon. If you would prefer to listen to this stuff uh, while reading, uh, while while running, jogging, driving, etc., I got a nice podcast. Check that out. The link is in the description below. And uh, if you would like a free copy of this book, uh, the link for that is in the description below as well. So. See you next time when we are actually entering the Spiti Valley for the first time. It's going to be a great adventure. Don't miss it. Subscribe, like, share. Cheers, guys. Enfield Bullet, Rezab Ki Sawari. Bullet, ye bullet.